Every time I'm out, why she stressing me? You call her Stephanie? I call her F. Welcome to Queer Walk the Podcast. It's me, Money, your friendly creator, and I'm back with Miss Dion B. Hey y'all. With less bounce in the intro that time. <laughs> I said let me chill this time so she don't call me out. <laughs> it's cause they can't see us, but I can see all the nonverbals. The Miss yes. Dion yes. B with emphasis. <laughs> <laughs> so how you doing, boo? Okay, so I see how you are. Now we gotta wait till till SoundCloud is listening. <laughs> I literally started it today. Okay, so what um, schools? It's a surprise. I don't wanna jinx it. Okay, we just gonna cross our fingers. It's one school. It's one school. Okay. And it's like your dream school. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, it's gonna happen because my ancestors rolling deep, your ancestors rolling deep, and they just gonna get you up in there. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I had a dream a couple of years ago, and they was just like, that's where you got to go. And I was just like, that's a lot. I've been trying to talk myself out of that shit for, like, years now. And I was, you know, like, I started, like, playing with my tarot cards, and I was just like, okay, do I apply to this school for next year? And that shit was just like, yes. I was like, I didn't even know it was a yes card in this deck. What? So... (laughs) I was just like, all right, now. See, you said you'd be playing with your town cards, but um, let everybody know they could get that good read. Because, you know, yes, you did. Come through, hit me up. Um, I got somebody on Twitter to DM me, so I did one like a couple weeks Aligning me spiritually. Some <laughs> cars stay dragging my ass. I'd be like, dang, like, oh, Lord, Jesus. I'm but, I'm waiting for somebody to make a deck with like uh, female rappers. I'm gonna get you that. So cute. Oh, that would be so cute. You know, you gotta do it. Oh, you know, I might try. <laughs> Alright, so uh, first I want to start with the Queer Walk updates. Just updates from the page, let y'all know what's going on in these Tumblr streets. Let me see what we got here. I wasn't prepared. You know, I just I just pulled up like, okay, let's, let's do the episode. I was like, I'm down. <laughs> it wasn't, I was not even ready. I just like came home like, where's the food? I just want to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even get ready. Okay. 
So I just wanted to shout out, you know how on um, Tumblr it gives you the um, the biggest fans, like the people who like. Oh, yeah, rebuying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought it would be a good idea to just shout those people out because without their support, you know, Queer Walk just stays a little lonely page. So, um, so I wanted to shout out the biggest fans of the week. The first is Young Black Titty. Damn, y'all in these Tumblr names. Yeah, it's uh, T-I-D-D-Y. That's Titty, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Young Black Titty, for your support. You're number one fan this week. Um, number two is PDF Princess. Shout out to PDF Princess. Number three is Smoky Eyes and Bright Ties. And your uh, icon is really cute. It's like a tie-dye painting of her. It's cute. Smoky eyes and bright ties. And number four is Lesby Homies. Thank you. That's a that's another cute page if you're looking for like lesbian specific Tumblr pages. Lesby Homies is a pretty representative page also. So shout out to all of y'all. Let's see. I think that's it coming from the Queer Walk Tumblr streets. Yeah, I think that was all I wanted to like update from the from the blog itself. But I wanted to start doing Queer Walk of the Week, like I was telling you before. Uh-huh. Yeah, so Queer Walk of the Week is uh, a new thing that I want to do every episode, just to shout out the queer women of color who are out here doing amazing things or s- surviving and giving up the rest of us pointers on how to survive, you know. Um, and just, you know, fucking up the cis-hetero patriarchy. So, <laughs> so since this is, like, election week, I wanted to shout out, yeah, I know, right? <sighs> Jesus, Jesus be a ballot. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to shout out, uh, someone, a queer woman of color who is running for U.S. Senator, um, so Robin Laverne Wilson, big shout out to you. She is running on the Green the Green Party ticket uh, with Jill Stein and all of them, you know. And so her her like little catchphrase is "Planet plus people plus peace equals prosperity." So oh, that's cute. I like it. Yeah, and she has like this little flower that it looks like a rose, but there's an Earth in the middle. That's like her little symbol on all her flyers. Um, and just look her up on YouTube. If you hear her talk, she, when she speaks, it's like a spoken word artist. Like, she's performing. She dope. Yeah, she actually came to Syracuse, but I missed her. Sad day. But yeah, so I just wanted to shout her out. So, Robin Laverne Wilson is the Queer Walk of the Week, and, I mean, I just give it all to her. Any queer woman of color, any woman of color who's in politics. So, shouts to her. <laughs> okay. Um so the topic for this week. So we we probably going to end up doing like a a mashup topic, right? Because I want you to talk about just spirituality and uh why are you making the duck face? <laughs> Cuz I'm ready, girl. I can't introduce a topic with you making a duck face. Okay. What's not looking at me? Okay. <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Okay, so I had a topic, but I think it kind of relates to your topic. 
Why are you swinging bundles now? You can't behave for me to... All right. So the topic I wanted to talk about was ratchet feminism. The gospel by which I live my life. Ratchet feminists, you know. Okay, so I have to tell you this story, right? Uh, I'm not going to say no names to protect the innocent. (laughs) So, (laughs) so... There is an organization on my campus that always does, like, uh, girl power, feministy stuff, right? Um, historically, they've been a super white um, organization, but right now, that's not the case. They're not really. So, they had an event the other day. So, they had an event the other day on ratchet feminism, right? Um, and so, when I saw the poster, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I saw, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little worried. <laughs> you, sh- you should be um, slightly perturbed. So, yeah, <laughs> so when I saw the poster, it had um, Cardi B and Amber Rose on it, and the writing over it said, uh, "Do we have a seat at the table?" And it's it's going to be a conversation on ratchet feminism, right? So I'm like. I know I know a few people that's on the e-board. And I was like, damn, they could have hit me up. Because, you know, I do be writing. You know? Yeah, yes, you do. Because you I, that paper down, sweetheart. You I'm know, waiting on that, that publish. I, you, I need to get the email. I just need the line on my CV. Come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I got something, you know, in progress that's supposed mm-hmm. to be published on Ratchet Feminism. So I'm like, okay. All right, all right. It's all right if they didn't hit me up. You know, shit happens, whatever, whatever. Uh, and it ain't like I'm the only person out here talking about ratchet feminism. So the event is at 5. At 3.45, I get an Instagram message. Like, <laughs> you yeah. nope, I'm dead ass. So, wait, I, I won't say I'm dead ass because that is a New York stereotype. And I will not have you laughing at me because I said dead ass. So... <laughs> Trying to keep my composure right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know how much I love um, tagging you and and why means with all the Tims, Tims and such. <laughs> Inty ways. So three forty-five. I get a DM on Instagram. Hey, how do you spell your name? Because I want to cite your piece, my piece on ratchet feminism. Now she's like, I want to quote your piece. The quote is half of my article. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a quote. That's not even an excerpt. Like, <laughs> first of all, first of all, I'm a black woman on your campus that you have access to. All of that. When y'all was planning this shit, so you could have, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody else would have got a, a very nice email. All of that. Like, you know, can you come to this event? Yeah. Can you do this? We would, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like. That, let me let you finish your story before I go off. Right, 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 right. Is what I'm saying, right? If it was so, so I'm like, um, sure, but you know, I I go here. <laughs> it's not like um, I, it's not like I'm halfway across the country or something. I'm right here. I was like, do you want me to come? She still ain't tell me. You should come if you're available. Oh, sure. It would be great if you could come. But how do you spell your name? Because all I have is your Tumblr handle. So I tell her how to spell my name. And I'm like, I'll see if I can make it there. Because, mind you, the event starts at 5. It's 345. 
And it's an Instagram message. It's that's a, really why I'm upset. It's a, that's, that's, that's the majority of why I'm pissed off right now. And maybe some more context. These are undergrads. But still, I feel like even in the age of social media, people know. You don't send me no Instagram message to do no official business. Unless I'm like an Instagram model and you're trying to book me for some shit. <laughs> Which is, but not for my intellectual property. Okay. Right. So, so, you know, all that happens. And then my friend calls me and he's like, I think you should go because um, they're talking about using your stuff. And it sounds like the whole framework they're using is like from your piece. Oh, hell no. Yeah. And so, remember I had told you Amber Rose was coming up here because she was picked as the Mm -hmm. woman of distinction. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why I problematized that. We could talk about that. And me and you started throwing words that got real hype on the phone that day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You (laughs) called me misogynistic. I didn't. I asked for clarification. I needed clarification, which you provided, and I understood. Uh Don't be out here Mm -hmm. doing me like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will never forget that. You call me misogynistic. But it's all right. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I just said I needed clarification, which you provided, and I retracted. But see how you okay. see how black folks do it? But I remember the pain. That's what I Goodbye. <laughs> Finish your story, little mama. <laughs> um, well, well, I think the... So the rest of the story... Okay, so, so, so there was... A girl who I'm guessing is head of the e-board, maybe president of this little f- uh, feminist organization. Um, and she gives a presentation, which is like a PowerPoint slide by slide, re- just talking about basic- basically contextualizing ratchet feminism as um, Amber Rose and Cardi B. These are the two like ratchet feminist icons or whatever. And doesn't like go into that at all just kind of talks about it broadly so she started out like what do you think of when you hear the word ratchet mind you this is not a black woman Um, right i was just about to say like it's not like this person don't have no context from which to draw on yeah so yeah she's you um she's a little you know really cute latina red lipstick always on point slaying nobody would ever use the word ratchet to describe her you know, it's just, that's just the material of the matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, it wasn't a dialogue. It wasn't a discussion. I feel like I had to push it to be that. Because I'm just like, wait a minute. If this is supposed to be about ratchet feminism, you shouldn't be lecturing to us. Because that's not ratchet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so, in that, you know, we're talking about uh, what ratchet feminism is. I'm the one who brings up, like, why... The reason why a Cardi or a Amber get to be who they are also has a lot to do with them being biracial, multiracial, light skin, curvy, bad bitches, right? Like like that. They, they both fit that very particular Right. Right. Like there's a there's a mold that they fit where where other people like a um I don't even know, like a, a Taraji or a Lala Scissorhands don't fit those those molds, so they wouldn't be, you know, held up as ratchet feminists. And I can't remember her name now. Damn, what's the girl's name? It's like Marshmallow Puff something. She she used to always be on Periscope, going in with the, the feminist critique, with the micros, all different colors, and 
Um, but you know, she's bigger, so she don't fit that mold either. So she can't be the rat the ratchet feminist icon. In order to be a ratchet feminist icon, you gotta look like a video girl. And so like the same thing I was saying about y'all make Amber Rose the woman of distinction because she's a former sex worker who is, you know, now doing the slut walk or whatever, um, in a very cisgender way, like holding up my pussy, my power, my pussy, my choice signs. But y'all could have gave that check to one of these local strippers in Syracuse and changed their life. Like, <laughs> you could have changed a couple people's life. But you know, <laughs> come on me, you got to bring the homie out. You, got, you know what I'm saying? Like, we don't leave folks behind. So. Right. Because in real life, like, Amber didn't need that check. So, I mean, if we, if we really want to... If we really talking about supporting feminists, I, I'm sure there are local strippers right now reading Sisters of the Yam or In Search of My Mother's Gardens or any of that stuff on their breaks, working their way through school. <laughs> you know, like, it could have been any other way, but it has to be that girl who fits that particular mold, right? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I was thinking about that. I was also thinking about another reason why I didn't get called into the room, like, for the same, very same reason why a Cardi B or a uh, Amber Rose get to be ratchet feminist icons is the same reason why you can use my piece but don't want me there. And I feel like that I've had um, like a couple of other people who are like really popular on Twitter mm-hmm. um, say that to me like folks always DMing them and folks from academia always DMing them to like you know use their use their work mm-hmm. use their writings and there's one particular person, I won't say her name, but she always talks about this. And it's just like, so when you finish using my work, you know, you get to have a PhD. And because I don't have a PhD, I'm not legitimate. Right. Like, it's, your situation is a little bit different, it's a little bit more nuanced, but it's, you know, the same shit. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to use, you know, this black woman is on your campus and you decide that you're just going to quote have her damn paper mm-hmm. when she's completely accessible to you and then to send her a message on Instagram, like, right. I don't I don't understand. Right. Because I don't have an Instagram platform. Like, Cardi got an Instagram platform. She getting checks off Insta. Like, I, do, I don't have that. So, it doesn't make sense for you to be hitting me up on Instagram. I think I said all of that to kind of get into, like, what I think ratchet feminism is. And for us to have a conversation about that. Because I know you are ratchet feminist too. You know who I, who else I thought about? Also who can't be like a ratchet feminist icon because of the way we digest women? Roxanne Gay. The author of Bad Feminist. Mm-hmm. To me that's the ratchet feminist like the bible or like the first text ever. I don't want to say mm-hmm. seminal because you know. The patriarchy. But... <laughs> But that really is, that book is ratchet feminism. It's like, I'm not going to do feminism in the way you want me to. I'm going to talk about all my TV shows that I like and hate. And I'm, I'm not, I know they're problematic, but I'm going to still watch it, you know? Uh, I read that book like twice. I finished it and immediately started reading it again. I need to, I need to read it. I haven't read it. Oh, it's so good. Girl, it's so good. I heard she was writing another one. So I just hope that the rumors are true. So, when I call myself a ratchet feminist, right? First, to me, it's important to talk about ratchet. To me, ratchet is particular to black femmes. It is 
to me, it's the embodiment of fuck your black respectability politics. I have knowledge. I don't care if you own it as knowledge or whatever. This creativity, this way that I do this life, this is me. And so it, it's not it's not playing to whiteness, to be palatable to whiteness in any kind of way. It's just like, this just is what it is. <laughs> like, this is me. And, and it's, you will deal. Huh? And you will deal, yeah. Right, right. So this is me, bitch, suffer. Like, <laughs> you know? And I think also Ratchet... So I said ratchets, particularly like black femmes, because when when people want to like play or caricaturize ratchet, they always perform as a black woman, right? Even if they're not a black woman, we see that with all of these um, little boys or these comedians on uh, Vine or Instagram who throw on a wig throw on some lipstick, and pretend to be a black woman when they want to be ratchet, right? And so I think while that's an, that's an abuse of ratchet, it also shows you that ratchet is about black femme performance in particular. And ratchet allows the space for them motherfuckers to do that. Because where else can you, you throw on a wig and lipstick when you want to and people won't be like, you won't question your, your manhood or your masculinity, Right? It's only in the ratchet. That's why. What's what's the two brothers who made that song? Uh, she ratchet. Oh my gosh, I can't remember they name. They was from Atlanta, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Two brothers. Yeah, I can't remember their names right now either. But that was a moment. That really was a moment. That was in yes. <laughs> it was. If if we were to to make a, a ratchet history timeline, that would <laughs> that would definitely be like towards that the beginning. Early years. <laughs> <laughs> they were so ugly as women. Oh my gosh, Emmanuel Hudson. That's his name. Yes, and his brother. You know they was like performing and shit in Atlanta. I was like, oh my gosh, I live. So I just think about when, in in a nutshell, when somebody asks me what ratchet is, it's just like the freedom and expression to to be whoever I am, holy and fuck what you gotta say about it. That's rooted in black femme performance yes i love that i love that and i think like now all the fashion all the very like you know cute little styles that's coming out mm-hmm. i'm just like hood black girls been doing this shit for like forever decades. what are you saying like the nails with the rings like the knuckle rings and you know like 50 rings on one finger the like 50 bracelets the lashes, the door knockers, the like the colorful on, like, wigs. Kind of been about this. Come like, on, what are you saying. I think the first time I saw, like, I, I started seeing like a bunch of white women with thigh tattoos. I was like, oh wow! Like, at one point, that was one of the most hood things, like as Absolutely. a as a black femme, like that you could do. Like, yeah. if you have a thigh tattoo, like you are that bitch. Yeah. The cre- I mean, 
the creativity alone, like, um, I think I told you this before, but when I was really young, I used to think, like, as a U.S.-born black person, that U.S. Pe- black people in the U.S. don't have, like, their own culture. And I think, well, I think white supremacy has a lot to do with why I thought that as a child. But growing up and undoing all of that and doing that work, I'm like, all this shit is ours. Y'all just take it. it which is, you know, exactly what Solange was saying on a seat at, a, at the table. Yeah, absolutely. And my problem is it's not, even like, even twerking. There, I think, what was it, like two years ago, it was the most Googled word yeah, right. for the year, right. right? And so I'm like, Twerking is a black femme performance. Exactly. I don't care who else tries to do it. It's not twerking no Mm -hmm. more. I don't care what you say. I don't. This is a particularly black femme expression. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, I'm like always into spirituality. Like a black woman moving her hips. Look, you want to get some shit done (laughs) in the universe? You want the gods to come and help you out, sis? Okay. <laughs> like, that ass. This is, right? And, like, this is, and, you know, I'm not making this shit up. This is really part of our ancestral right. culture, part of that knowledge. So, no, I don't care about Miley Cyrus calling herself a twerker because, no, bitch, you could never. Yeah, exactly. I just remember um, you telling me about the Superwoman pose. Oh, yeah, like, if you stand in the mirror in Superwoman pose, mm-hmm. like, it's supposed to build your confidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I told my friend to try it. And for me, it really worked. Like, I get, like, I want to be a public speaker, but I get so terrified. And, like, my voice will start to shake. Like, it's a hot mess when I have to speak in public. And I was thinking about that today. And I was just like, universe, like, I'm, like, I need practice. I need to start doing this more. And then, of course, somebody calls me, and it's just like, oh, we need you to come speak on Wednesday. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> get in my superwoman pose. Let me go practice. So it really works for me. It's just like you kind of tap into that power. It's, uh, and, I mean, there's research to back it up, too. Mm-hmm. But the feeling, I don't know. For me, it really, like, I don't know. Just tap into that power, that black woman, like, yes, bitch, I yes. got this. <laughs> It reminds me of when I was little, uh, we used to do this Shabuya, Shabuya roll call. And then, what is it? My back is aching, my bra too tight, my booty shaking from left to the right. To the right, to the left. To the right, to the left. Right, to the left. left. <laughs> that is black film culture. Yeah. Like, you know what always trips me out is that, like, black girls from everywhere be knowing the hand games and those little rhymes, like, oochie-wally-wally, oochie-bang-bang, not, not the nasty Nas version, the actual oochie-wally. Nas came through with that song called, like, a moment, sorry, excuse me, excuse my hatchet. He just gonna fuck up our little double Dutch chant, make it all nasty. <laughs> You ain't shit, Nas. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Ratchet also does something about, like, your body is yours, right? And it's just, like, this pride. In, and your body ain't got to be like Cardi B's body. Your, Ratchet makes room for, like, all time. Ta- you want to talk about uh, body positivity? Ratchet been doing that. <laughs> like, I love... 
Rihanna embodies um, Caribbean culture, and we know, like, you know, she does have a typical, um, a body that we would consider stereotypically whatever. Bad. She bad. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, <laughs> so, um, you know, she always got her titties out, always got her ass out, and I was mm-hmm. just like, y'all don't understand. This is Caribbean culture. Yeah. Like, bitch, auntie will be 350 pounds, come to the function, and see through motherfucking, like, titties out, ass mm-hmm. out, don't matter. And it's just, like, there's, like, an inherent body positivity to Caribbean culture. Like, I went home last year, and I went to see my great-grandma. She's, like, 94. And she just, like, hit me on my thighs, and she was just like, oh, your fat time rose and stuff. So I'm just, like, it's fat and rosy. So... Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have a negative connotation. I think sometimes it's the men more times that I experience mm-hmm. any kind of negativity with. But for the most part, fat and rosy is a compliment. Yeah. Like, yes, bitch, you eating good, bitch, you living good, <laughs> bitch, you look good, you feel good, bitch. Yeah. Right, right, like, yeah. I was like, come through, grandma. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so what do you think about uh, Ratchet being feminist? I don't know of another way to experience feminism because my feminism has never been, you know, white feminism. It's never been anything even closely related to that. Anything that is white feminism is um, diametrically opposed to everything that I need for my survival, for my wellness, you know, for my sanity. So, and, you know, for me, what's diametrically opposed to that is definitely ratchet feminism. Mm -hmm. And I think even even a little bit of separation from black feminism, from womanism, black feminism kind of stands, I mean, ratchet feminism is kind of in its own little, little bubble, mm-hmm. almost, because I don't think, like, look at Bell Hooks, what she said about Beyonce being a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, as a black feminist, I need Bell Hooks and I need Beyonce. Exactly. Exactly. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, and if, and mm-hmm. if Bell Hooks would really step back and realize that, you know, she possibly pay, played a part in Lemonade, possibly played a part yeah. in this woman's development of her feminist identity, because she sure as hell played a part in mine, mm-hmm. but I can't give up Beyonce, and I cannot give up, like, all of my other, you know, black femmes right. to say right. Bell Hooks speaks, you know, my right. only truth. that's what I so when I think like so for me Ratchet is feminist in the way that we've been doing this so like feminism just because you know a a term got coined we've been doing this so way before way before the term I I always keep thinking of Joan Morgan's book um, when chicken heads come home to roost when she was like I never knew what feminism was I just knew that my mama and my grandmama did what they had to do to get shit done. I think she actually said, I just knew that my mama walked on water. You know, like, and that, that's, that's what I think about when I think about feminism and Ratchet being feminist. But also what you just said, to me, in order to like truly be free as a black woman, I have to, like, my existence and the way I move through my black feminist can't be the only existence. If there's actual liber- liberation from patriarchy, racism, homophobia, then a Trina can exist, a Cardi can exist, a Bell Hooks can exist, and, and none of them be 
um, any less valid than the mm-hmm. next, right? And for me to survive, I'm going to have to call on Cardi B sometimes. Exactly. I'm going to have to call on Trina sometimes. Or sometimes I'm going to have to call on Sojourner Truth. Or I'm going to have to call on Harriet Tubman. Exactly. You understand? Like, everybody is accessible to me and everybody has equal significance because I'm like the enemy of this world, Mm -hmm. it feels like. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Opposite of the white, cis, hetero, patriarchal, you know, all that shit. Yeah, yeah. So whatever I need to survive and whoever gives me the tools that I need and says, yo, if you need to move this way, it's okay. Yeah. If you need to move that way, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. And help me get through this shit. That's it. Exactly. I just think of it as if you if you got a team full of baddies <laughs> that do all different things, the the um the possibility of succeeding is so much greater than if y'all all do the same thing. Like if we if we were all bell hooks and no shade to bell because you know she's some of the first essays that I read and actually understood. But if we were all bell hooks, nothing would get solved. Cuz we just a one lane type of motherfucker. Like like if if we uh can do everything, if we can be everything, that's what that's what liberation looks like to me. And then to be so immensely critical of another black woman yeah if i have a critique of another black woman i have to start from top i have to say well what was it about beyonce that you know someone would dare to refer to her as a terrorist what what are you really addressing right because you know how long did it take for her to get creative power where exactly. she could represent herself the way she wanted to represent herself, right. right? So it's a it's a long, complicated process, and my initial reaction is not going to be to critique the other black woman so harshly. I'm gonna look at all the uh, outside circumstances yeah. that affect her actions, and you know, the the, the person that she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a friend who recently, you know, she said to me, even for the women that look at being a wife and being a mother as their accomplishments, like, this is who I am in life, there is space made for them, too. Right. I feel like there's a point where we start to look down on women like that, like, oh, you, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, yeah. shit, like, I don't understand. And, and I think I was like that at one point, but for me, black feminism and ratchet feminism means choice. I found my path, so as long as you don't judge me for my path, I have no reason to judge you for yours. And my friend was looking at it like, you know, it's survival. Sometimes that is, that's how we're taught, and that's the role we end up falling into. And it's just like, okay, but you still represent a part of black femininity. Right, And I still honor that, you know what I'm saying? I still have to honor that beauty, and I think we all have Mm. to just respect that. Yeah. And I, I feel like I'm still trying to perfect how to say this, but like that's that's what I I think that's what I mean when I say there's power in identifying as a femme of color. Not that you have to be femi, right? But there's just such a vast diversity of what being a black woman looks like, and and I'm not trying to have us all fit in one lane, nah. Because look at us, like. We so bad in all of our diversity. Like, I don't want to eliminate that. Mm-hmm. And so, in thinking about that, 
Another part of ratchet feminism that I wanted to talk about was the event was called A Seat at the Table, or Do We Have a Seat at the Table? Uh-huh. And, you know, Mother Beyonce always comes up when you talk about black feminism. <laughs> I mean, how can she not? How can she not? And so I thought that was interesting because I immediately was like, of course we have a seat at the table. Like, Solange is clearly the ratchet sister. <laughs> you know what? That, <laughs> I'm going to let you finish that. Keep going. No, go ahead. You know, like, I think a few years back, people would always, you know, like, put them up against each other yeah. and be like, oh, Beyonce's bad. And, you know, Solange, like, she's not cute. She's mm-hmm. not, she's just not Beyonce. She's not her sister. Yeah. It's absolutely true. She's not. And, I mean, I would identify more with Solange than with Beyonce. Me too. For, you know, mm-hmm. like, how I look and how I express myself for that, you know, like, quirky black girl thing. Right, right, yeah. But, I don't know. I think that's really interesting. Okay, so I'm going to tell you why I think I think Soul Angel is the ratchet sister. So first of all, I think about their both of their bodies of work. Um, Lemonade being like this married woman's like journey. And a seat at the table really being like for all my niggas in the whole wide world. <laughs> like, um, and... On all, if we if we had to list out like characteristics of a ratchet chick, like Solange got them the name Solange, <laughs> like Beyonce, Beyonce got that too. But it's interesting that like her name gets cut short and she'll be B because she's you know cute and more respectable and waited till marriage to have a baby, you know, and and all those things. But she gets to be Beyonce. When she's playing in Ratchet, like when she's rapping. Um, And so, you know, Solange was a teen mom. You know, she got natural hair. She fucking up niggas in an elevator. Like, she. (laughs) How could I forget about that? I feel like that that epitomized. She the ratchet oh, sister. She, you might she, be right. I might have to go ahead and agree with you on she, that. Story. She on the cover of her album with clips in her hair. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. And you know, and I'm I'm not saying that she's a ratchet sister. Obviously, I don't think ratchet has a negative connotation. I'm calling myself ratchet. But like that's that to me is is liber- liberatory like oh I, she could do it like same thing with Rihanna wearing the doobie rap on the red carpet with the pins in it mm-hmm. Solange on the cover of an album with pins in it like shit I could go out my house where before it would be shameful you you leaving the house with your head wrap or your clips on you know mm-hmm. um so I think and and thinking about it in that way and Solange always, you know, I follow her snaps. Like, her snaps make my day. Um, you know. She's adorable. She is. And and I feel like in that way also way more accessible than this mega star that is Beyonce, right? Beyonce is more like a brand than a person at this point as far as her name. And I just think it's a lot more relatable. And she, we obviously got a seat at her table. I think that was the point of the, the work. Now, can we drink lemonade? Uh, I don't know. There wasn't that many uh, Ratchet Girls in that visual album. So, for me, it, you 
know, well, yeah, we can still put on our all white and go to, you know what I'm saying, communion Sunday, but <laughs> take communion. Like, I think that that represented me too. Mm-hmm. That definitely represented and spoke to a part of me like that. I want to say it's the last song where they're like barefoot, you know what I'm saying, in the kitchen cooking on um on Lemonade, like the album, whatever, yeah, yeah, the little yeah. album. And they're like cooking and it's all like earthy and nature-y. And I feel like that represented part of, you know, my spirituality and how I see myself too. So, and maybe that's just me. Maybe that's just, you know. No, you're right. You know what I just thought about is that we don't, we're not all one thing all the time, right? And it's, I think the part you're talking about is somewhere around freedom, that song. So that's, that's also interesting and probably very purposely placed. And also I was thinking about formation. Like formation was for everybody. I think real obviously, like having big Frida on it. The girls yeah. in the uh, hair store with a different color weaves because yeah. we've been doing this. Yeah, so, yeah, I think you're right. Like, yeah, because, I mean, the same girls that I'm going to go to the club and get ratchet with, when it's time, you know what I'm saying, when I need shit to move and I need the ancestors to hear me, them the same bitches I'm praying with. Right, like, them right. the same bitches standing <laughs> in the altar with me, like, we about to light this stage, right. <laughs> we about to pray, we about to call on the ancestors and get some shit moving, so, um, yeah, that rep- that just represented different sides for me, but mm-hmm. same women, same, same identity, same, you know, fullness, in yeah. essence. So, how do we exert ratchet feminism as, like, this my shit, bow down, bitches, no, <laughs> like, how do we, you know, take back ratchet, which has been kind of, you know, diluted at this point, with the fucking Kardashians running around here. Who's that? I I don't know. I it came up in Google. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> I don't even know. No, you're not by heart of them. For me, the epitome of it is not giving a fuck when you know we have Kardashians and like Miley Cyrus and all these other women. Um, recently, this racist ass comedian, white comedian Amy Schumer. Oh yeah. She redid. Um, was it Formation? What did she redo? She did redid Formation or something. Mm-hmm. And of course, I didn't watch it. So for me, it's kind of like not giving a fuck. Right. When it's just like, this was not made for you. You have no understanding of this. Don't exactly. touch my shit. Yeah. Like, I'm very much about that. And I think sometimes we give that away so quickly mm-hmm. and don't remember. It's just like, nobody can do this like you. You know what I'm saying? This yes. is coming from your inherent experience. Somebody mm-hmm. copying you can never come close. Right. To, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that's how I feel. So I kind of mm-hmm. just block all that bullshit out. And like, where the black girls at doing the shit mm-hmm. that they do? Um, I think it's important to think about, you know, of course, white women appropriate ratchet culture. But also, um, non-black women of color, I'm going to need y'all to examine your... <laughs> Your anti-blackness and your, um, uh, I don't know. I hate to say, like, light skin privilege because it's a it's a tool of white supremacy. So, but, but I say that and Amber Rose got a check, right? So, so. I mean, shit is real because yeah. you have light skin women defending that shit like, oh, colorism doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's just like. We know, we know that's not true. 
Right. We know that dark-skinned people get sentenced to longer sentences when they commit crimes. We know that dark-skinned children get uh, expelled and suspended at higher rates. Like, colorism is a thing. Now, Now, I think, well, I hope what people are trying to say is that it's no different than racism, but it's just another form, like another face that racism has. I hope that's what people are trying to say in the year 2016. Is it? Say that again, because I don't know... Run that back. Like, explain that a little bit more, what you, what you mean. That colorism is just another face of racism. I think, so oftentimes, colorism is talked about within community. Like... Interracial. Right. Dialogue, right. But in real life, like, it was a tool of survival to be able to pass as white. Or, you know, you, you light lighter than a paper bag, so you get to be hired at this place, you know? Like... Like, that was a tool of survival, just like how black respectability was. Like, if we just good enough Negroes, we'll, we'll survive. And no, then... No, that shit didn't work. We know the shit doesn't, didn't work. And the same thing with the light skin privilege. Like, we know the shit didn't work. Like, <laughs> we all still out here struggling and feeling the effects of racism. But, I mean, for me, like, the light skin privilege is a little bit different than, um... The other example... Respectability. Yeah. Because, um, like, say, you know, a light-skinned person and a dark-skinned person go in for a job interview. Mm-hmm. The idea is that to white people, so if it's, you know, a white person hiring them, it's like, you know, the light-skinned person is better, is more educated, mm-hmm. has all these qualities for the fact of being closer to whiteness. Mm-hmm. So this was an experience that, you know, continues, but... When integration was happening, that shit was real. It would be like, okay, we need to hire some people, but make sure they're light-skinned. Right. Right, and so the significant disadvantage that that put, you know, a dark-skinned family, dark-skinned, you know, black woman at, compared to a light-skinned woman, and then having light-skinned women um, defend this shit and act like it's not real. Yeah. Like, I see that shit on Tumblr quite often. All the One time. One of the girls I follow, yeah. she's always, like, talking about, you know, light skin privilege, and all these people be like, oh, that's not real, blah, blah, yeah. blah, and I'm just like... The other day on Tumblr, you know, the uh, the Tumblr the Tumblr thugs was dragging somebody about <laughs> um, light skin privilege not being real, and, <clears throat> yeah, I see that all the time on Tumblr. Yeah, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. It's a mess. I just think it just goes a step beyond, like, who's, like, beauty standards. I think most of the time when colorism is brought up in the public sphere, they're only talking about beauty standards. Most of the time because the conversation is brought up by, by heterosexual black men. So if we, if we can, like, change that narrative and really talk about these institutional disparities when it right, comes to right. color, then, you know, that's a whole different shit then. But I think... So I wanted to, like, to end that piece in thinking about, like, who can access uh, ratchet feminism with another uh, piece of what had happened at this event, right? So there was a black girl there, and she showed up late, as we do. Um, I was late, too. Uh, (laughs) And she sat down, and she was talking about how she got this scholarship, which is equivalent to a full ride um, to this, you know, private white institution. And... Another one of the scholars' mom told the scholar, don't talk to that one because she the ratchet one in the group. And she was like, this woman has never heard me speak. 
she doesn't know me. This is the first time I'm ever seeing her. And she's just looking at me like, don't speak to that one because that's the ratchet one. So everybody in the room is kind of silent. Now, mind you, these are self-identified ratchet feminists. Well, some of them. I, th- I would say some of them were just like, I don't feel like I can claim ratchet because that's not something that, that I've experienced, right? Um, which I felt was good. Um, just like, you know, white women walking around here calling themselves black feminists. Um, so, <laughs> they're, they're real. I promise you they're out here. Yeah. And so when she shared that story about the mom saying, don't talk to that one, she's the ratchet one. I, I've definitely had that experience, right? But that's because this is a black girl. I'm a black girl. People look at us and are ready to read us as ratchet. There's just ways that our bodies, no matter what we do, are going to be read as ratchet. And so I told her in that moment, which I don't think it was a perfect response, but I recognized that I was the only other one in the room equipped to respond to her because nobody else comes from that black femme like, perspective. Everybody else sitting up here wouldn't necessarily be called ratchet. They might be called ghetto on a bad day, right? So I told her, I was like, I know that it was meant to hurt you in that moment because that's like that's what those things are supposed to do, right? That's supposed to be their function. But when somebody calls me ratchet, that just means that some part of colonization did not work on my ass and they are seeing the parts, <laughs> they, are, they are seeing the parts of my community that I walk with and bring into the room every time my black ass show up. And so you know, I take pride and honor when people be like, ooh, she ratchet. Damn right, because I'm straight off of Sutton Boulevard all day, every day, okay. and twice on Sunday. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm Sharon's daughter. You can catch these hands. Uh, <laughs> and you're going to be suffering when you have to cite me in all your little <laughs> peer-reviewed journals, motherfucker. Did I tell you one time I was at this conference and this lady was like, oh, um, how many times have you been cited? Like in ProQuest or JSTOR or whatever. I'm like, well, um, my Tumblr post got 800 notes. You want to talk about impact, impact factor. 13 people done read your little funky ass article. <laughs> I can't with you today. <laughs> I got a hundred reblogs, bitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. I'm trying to remember the full lyric. Like, a Trina verse just came to my head. So you're talking about being read as ratchet. And I would say, like, I don't think I would be read as ratchet. Um, or I would, like, I epitomize that just visually. But it's important to me. And it, mm-hmm. it means something to me because I, when I get the chance... I'm going to defend that mm-hmm. because as far as I know, that's the epitome of truth. Black female experience, that hood ass experience, that's, that's the epitome of truth. That's the epitome of where I've, I've seen just, you know, the way that black femmes are treated mm-hmm. from the outside and yet still can stand up and say, fuck you. I need to get this done. It's going to get done. You know what I'm saying? Like that yeah. survival. Yeah. Like I fuck with that. And yeah. so even though I feel like that's not my that's not my full experience and I might not be read as that, like what you were saying, mm-hmm. I still think it's important. So I call myself ratchet 
I say I'm a ratchet feminism. I say I'm a ratchet feminist, and I defend it because it's survival and it means something. Yeah. And I'm not gonna leave nobody out of my feminism. Right. What you always tell me is, but the, they need it. Like those are the people who need it. So when I'm claiming ratchet, I'm claiming my community who don't yeah. have access to this like exactly. wh- whatever privileged space that I might be sitting in in that moment because they're exactly. the ones who need this liberation. Exactly. And it's the idea of bringing those folks into the room. Right. I can't remember who I heard say that, but it's very powerful. It's just like all, you know, all the ratchet girls not here. All the ratchet girls ain't going to be on the PWI campus. Right. But I'm going to speak for them. I'm going to bring them into the room mm-hmm. and be like you know, yeah, look, Kim was preaching. Exactly. Oh, no, Trina was preaching oh, yes. to my, my little immigrant ass when I started being ratchet as hell for whatever reason when our baddest bitch came out and I had <laughs> I learned all the lyrics. I was just like, honey, baby, I don't know, but this is for me, okay? I was just like, like adopting this like very black American experience, very Miami-like hood shit yeah. that I had never experienced, but that mm-hmm. shit was everything to me. Like, Trina is... A personal hero. Yeah, definitely. Like she performed at a couple of clubs down here, and I was just like, I need to go see Trina. Fuck what y'all doing tonight. Yeah. We, we going to see Trina. Oh my <laughs> like, God, if I could see Trina, Lord. For me, I think it was uh, Mary J. Blige. Yeah, I think when Real Love came out, that was like, she was my my ratchet girl hero, you know, like, yeah. We all love us through and through and through. And that was the first, like, one of the first artists that I connected to. I was like in third, when I first came here, I was like in second, third grade. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, but Mary just spoke to my little life. I was just singing right. her little songs like I had ever had my heart broken like that. Like I knew what the hell she was talking about, but oh my goodness. Yeah. That's my girl. I I mean, I don't know what it was about my little young ass life that Mary connected <laughs> to, but I was just <laughs> obsessed like with the baseball jersey, the hat and the knee uh pads. Yes, I mean, you could not so tell cute. me I wasn't Mary J. Blige. I tried to cut my own bangs. To <laughs> stop. Stop it. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, how can I leave out Remy Ma? Remy Ma is like... A, I know that's your girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Back in the days of Facebook, she was always my number one friend. I mean, MySpace. <laughs> MySpace days, she was my number one friend. I don't care. You can, you can get mad people I know in real life. Remy Ma is my number one. <laughs> What's that one line? I got fat, but like my shorty like it like that. So yes. I feel like that's such a quotable. Like every time I put her away, I'd be like, "That's okay." Okay, <laughs> okay like it like that. I got a little fat, but my shorty told me that he like it like that. See, yes, <laughs> yes. I tried. I tried the blonde bangs and the black hair look too. It was it was not cute on me, but she could rock it. That's so cute, like to see. That you know, these are the women that you identified with and you looked up to, and then like you really imitated that. Like, that's yeah. so cute. And that's you so know cute. what I'm also noticing? Trina, Remy, and Mary, all brown skinned gods. Yes. Yeah. And I'm gonna personally, I have to throw Foxy in there. Oh, yes. I can't see Foxy Brown out. Yeah. Like, that was my 
my girl, you know, she had a whole bunch of collabs because she was dating um, a Jamaican artist, so she mm-hmm. had a whole bunch of collabs with him. Like, yeah. don't put one of them shits on when I'm in the club because the shit about to go Miss Dion finna go off. Like, nobody's business. Also, brown skin god. Shout out, Foxy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay, all right, so you want to move into the questions? Let's do it. All right, oh, let's do it. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can, I, can I for a second talk about how my bae, Young Thug, <laughs> don't side-eye me, don't, don't do that. I mean, I'm sorry. Don't do that because you're very fucking disrespectful right now. Continue, your bae, Young I Thug. I love, like, just, you know, a lot of folks on Twitter have been talking about him and... I don't know if you've seen him kind of, you know, fucking with gender a little bit, mm-hmm. like wearing his dresses and saying, you know, gender doesn't, you know, gender isn't real. Right, right, yeah. Right. So there's this, um, I think he posted it on Instagram and he's like singing the hell out of this Monica song and it was so cute. Like, I love him so much. Okay, moving on, moving on, people, moving okay. on. Um, you know, I well, I think Young Thug is a great addition to this ratchet feminist um topic because I appreciate that because I know you be hating on my love. I just don't understand it, but that doesn't... you don't have to. That's the whole point. Yeah, you know, love is irrational. <laughs> okay, the level of fuck. This bitch just read the fuck out me. Ooh. No, she didn't. <laughs> you are so disrespectful. Okay. Questions from the inbox. Okay, so this isn't a question. It's kind of like a comment, but it prompted a question for me. And it's from Young, Wild, and Lee, L-E-E. So hyped to find your podcast. Have you ever listened to Another Word for Lesbian? That's the only queer black woman hosted slash focused podcast I know of. Thank you, Young, Wild, and Lee. Yes, I actually do listen to Another Word for Lesbian. Have you ever heard Another Word for Lesbian? Okay, see, we putting Miss Dion B on. Uh, yeah. So it's um two lesbians in New York City, and they really just talk about like the shit they go through as being lesbians in New York. I think one of them is like engaged or married, maybe. Um, so they talk about that. Um, and it's just, you know, just the two of them kicking it, they homies, and they just talking, and it's so relatable. It just feels like, you know, how we be talking. Yeah. So, yes, I love that podcast, but that made me think of a question of what are your favorite podcasts to listen to? You know I don't listen to podcasts, right? Like, I'm just getting into it. I have a bad habit of, like, turning it on, and because there's no visual, I started doing other shit and zone out and don't even realize that I've done that so now I'm trying to get better so I will start with that podcast I listen to yours that's about all I because I love you dearly so I want to listen to that and I've listened to the read a couple times I love mm-hmm. them so much so yeah. I've done that but yeah I love Crystal. you are the podcast girl so you tell me well, yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, how you do podcasts and you all right. But you got upcoming Black Studies Bay. Yes. So I'm gonna start that. I wanna mm-hmm. post the first one this this month. Pray for me. Mm-hmm. Um J 
just talking about, you know, like little stuff from a black studies perspective with a little, you know, historical shit in it. Like, there's this post on Tumblr. I've seen it a few times, and they're just like, you know, all this shit we learning on Tumblr about black history that right. we didn't learn in nobody's classroom. Nobody right. thought to tell us this. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, the way that, you know, my self-esteem, who I've become as a person, mm-hmm. has been built up by the fact that I got to study my history got to you know piece together a little bit of who I am Mm -hmm. that's meant the world to me so yeah yeah. I'm really looking forward to that to hear like you know the little black history facts and you know put that black studies degree to work (laughs) (laughs) um not that you don't be doing that every day on twitter anyway um, <laughs> let's see. My, I'm just gonna list off, I guess, like a top five that I listen to most consistently. The Read, always. Um, I love Kid Fury. Like, I just support his hustle. Like, I, I mean, I just love him. Everything. I was, I was just blown away that I met him. Right? Thanks, thanks to you, Miss Dion. We're making all shy and shit. I was just like, girl, you gotta go talk to him. You don't like, understand. Like, like, my friend wants to talk to you, sir. I think I had to get a real ratchet real quick. You did. Excuse, sir, sir. <laughs> my friend wants to talk to you. But I think it's um, I think it's like a downside of uh, social media is like you you idolize people really easily. So then it it puts like this barrier between y'all when you actually in the same room, um, which really don't need to be there. But so yeah, I love to read. Um, I listen to Black Girl Nerds all the time, uh, and so Black Girl Nerds is just like women of color who are into geeky and nerdy things. I love Game of Thrones, so that's how I first found out about Black Girl Nerds, I think. Black Girls Talking, I listen to a lot. Again, it's just like a group of like five black friends that just talk about the random stuff that black girls experience. Uh, I love that podcast. They're not queer, but they, they sometimes have queer guests, which is cool. I already said another word for lesbian. Um, Inner Ho Uprising. Yes. Yes. <laughs> They're two black poly um, women. I don't know if they're queer, but they have, like, <laughs> they are uh, multimedia, multifaceted. They do performances, podcasts, acting. They got the web series popping. So all of that. Let's see. What's another one I listen to? I think that might be it. There's another one that the creator of uh, Black Girl Nerds has. I also listen to Bodega Boys. I can't. I was gonna mention that one. Like, always talking about that. Oh my god! I I love them. They are hilarious. Um, but there's another one that um, the creator of Black Girl Nerds cre- uh, does with Rewire, and it's called Get It Right, and it's all about like reproductive and women of color um, stuff related to like the media. So she did an episode with uh, Cecily, uh, who is who like coined the term trap feminism on like trap music, reproductive health, and feminism. Right? So I'm I like, love oh, that. I know. So that's yeah, that's quickly be becoming one of my favorite podcasts. I didn't know that. Like I always post my little ratchet um, stuff with trap spiritualism. So I didn't know that. That's so cute. What? Okay, so. This isn't a question from the inbox, but tell us what trap spiritualism is. So, like, today I was, um, I've been working on, like, healing my relationships and healing myself moving forward, you know, 
it's a new time like in my life. So, you know, you want to be healed. You got new shit coming up. So today I was working like on my chakras. So for the next seven days, I'm going to be doing like working from the root to the crown chakra healing. So like I use my tarot cards, pull my cards for each chakra and kind of figured out like, you know, what the weakness is, what the strength is and how I can meditate and, you know, work on it. So I posted on Instagram today and Twitter. Um, I was playing um, some future and I was staging my altar and I was staging like, you know, my little layout. <laughs> so every time I do that, um, the, the, I think the first time I did it, I was playing like schoolboy Q and I was just like, yes, about this trap spiritualism. And I just randomly posted it and people was just like, yes. So I, I've been doing that ever since. And it's just like, I think it's the idea that just like, you know, ratchet feminism, that these two things can coexist. Mm-hmm. Like I can't be shaking my ass to Trina and be spiritual. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, I can't. My God (laughs) speaks to me either way. And, you know, when I was growing up, like, going to church and stuff, that was the idea. Like, you had to be this, you know, completely, like, holy all the time, this very particular type Mm. of person, you know, to, to hear God, to have that spiritual experience. And it's just like, nah, not for I. (laughs) Watch yourself. Shut that what you're working with. Yes. Can you imagine God, the voice of God sound like mystical? Get out my face. Get out of my entire face. I'm fine if you got nice curves on that iceberg. <laughs> but I think uh, trap spiritualism resonates with me also because of this. It reminded me of the kind of same thing as Ratchet. is like, use what you got. Because I always feel like I'm doing it wrong. Like, I can't I can't burn my sage because I'm doing it wrong. Or I can't create an altar because it's not going to be right. Or some shit like that. But if I'm thinking about it from a trap perspective, like... I, I whipped this sage up in the kitchen. And this is... Look at that wrist, though. Look at a flick of the sage. But... <laughs> Right. And you're holy, you are perfect, you are good, so. I can't think how many times I've said to, like, meditate or think about, um, like, connecting to my ancestors and thinking about the legacy I'm leaving for the next generation and been like, ooh, I'm doing it wrong. Even you go to meditation spaces, they clear your head. Don't be... Well, no, then don't go there. Yeah, like, I'm like... Yeah. You, can't, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Nah. I'm like, actually, I, I really got this trap song stuck in my head. And and it's helping me meditate. Instead of, like, nam yaho renge kyo, I'm thinking, walk 30,000 in my pocket, had a nigga just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> 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 my song is the day too. today, you know, um, you do what you want when you pop it. Like, mm. that's how I was feeling today. Mm. So I burned my little, you know, burned my little stage. You know what I'm saying? Worked on my little healing, did my little meditation. Just like, you going to tell me God was in here? Right. Absolutely not. You, you know what my new, like, trap meditation song is? 
Ray Shremmer Black Beatles. I think that's what it's called. Oh my gosh. Like, first of all, I just I love Ray Shremmer. I think I think they play with this gender thing, like Young Thug also, and and they also complicate like uh pronouns and shit. Like they play with it in their music, so that's been my new meditative song, Ray Shremmer. Okay, okay. I might have to try that out tomorrow and, you know. You know, align your chakras with Sway Lee. Yes, honey. <laughs> All right. Well, that was it. I want to thank you again because I just be hitting you up randomly. Like, I really want to talk about this. So, you know, I'm always excited. Like, I love this podcast. I love that you're doing it. And like I said, nobody could do this like you. This is your gift. This is your purpose. It is your job to do it. So. See, you just see how you just filled me with all this purpose. And yes. like I was really kind of deflated today thinking about like the elections coming up and all that stuff. And just like, oh, why? Do, why am I even doing this podcast? I mean, just that one message of like, oh, my God, thank you so much for the podcast. Like, you know, a queer woman of color podcast. That's what's up. So. The universe will honor you. As long as you do what your gift is and you put that out, the universe will honor you. And I think we get caught up in, you know, what everybody else is doing and, like, being nervous about that. And it's just like, nah, bro, this is between you and your purpose and just sharing your beautiful, lovely voice. Oh, thank you. But sometimes I wish that people could see the, the facial expressions you make because there's no way to convey that through audio. You just got to... <laughs> bear witness to that. So. I was just looking at your cheeks. I was just like, she's so cute. Everybody always thinks I'm short when they see my pictures because I have like this chubby face. Mm-hmm. I did too. I was just like, baby, my fuck. 5'10". 5'10". Okay. Tell them hoes, girl. You know. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks, y'all, for listening. This is episode eight. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um... And that's a wrap. Deuces.